Hey guys, welcome to the Vision Podcast. I'm excited about this one because this past Sunday was pretty cool. It was Valentine's Day and my wife had no idea, but I pulled her up on the stage and and asked her to help tell our story and some of the things that we learned along the way, how we met each other and, and our dating experience. And so I just want to encourage you, take a moment, grab your Bible, a pen, a pad, and take some notes and allow God to speak to your heart through it. I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, and while the kids are going out, look at your neighbor and say, you are hardcore. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you are hardcore. Because, man, this is the hardcore group coming out on Sunday morning. Snow outside. Weather different. It's cold. I, we, were in, uh, we were in Minneapolis, Minnesota. How many of you have ever been to Minneapolis, Minnesota? And you know how cold it gets in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So when we were there, um, I was talking to a guy. My sister used to live in Apple Valley, which is right there next to Minneapolis and, and the Twin Cities there in St. Paul. And so we went up in November one time. And, man, we could barely stand it just to go from the car. And we were in a parking garage, run from the car into the Mall of America. I mean, it was like, ah, you know, I mean, <laughs> your skin couldn't be exposed. It was just so cold. Well, this guy, while we were there, was telling me a story about how there was a bunch of people, uh, well, they had had back to back to back to back, minus zero, minus down to negative 20 degree temperature, day after day after day after day. And he said, we had weeks of this. And finally, they had a heat wave come in. And guess what temperature, guess what the temperature got up to? 11 degrees. And so this guy's driving home on the highway, and he said he looked and the guy in front of him had put the top down in his convertible, and he was driving. It was a heat wave, Minnesota heat wave. Okay, we're going to have to do better than this. You guys are going to have to laugh or do something. Give me a pulse, you know, put this clear. All right, so happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Happy cold Valentine's Day. I woke up, looked at the temperature, 8 degrees. Wow, that's amazing. And so since it's Valentine's Day, I was asking my wife, you know, what do you want for Valentine's Day? And no answer. What, what can I get you for Valentine's Day? What would you like? No answer. And then I asked her one more time, and she said, I just want to spend time with you. So would you welcome my wife this morning? I'm going to ask her to come up here and spend some time with her husband on the platform. So we get to spend some time together this morning. Isn't that amazing? So you're, you're going to need a microphone here. So I'm going to give you a microphone. I'm going to have you stand over on this side. This is my side over here. I think get to have this side over here. That's why I'm leaning on this side. No, but I wanted to share some things. Well, first of all, before we get started, let's do this. Would you put your hands on your heart? And I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. I'd like you to say this with me. Repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you this morning to speak to my heart. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. In Jesus' name. If you receive that, say amen. 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 Well, I wanted to share with you a little bit, and I'm going to tell you kind of my side of the story, and I thought it would be fun to have Nicole tell her side of the story. That way you hear it from both so I'll sides. I'll fix the details. So. And she'll fix me along the way, which is amazing. I always welcome that because I'm wrong sometimes. Not very often. Once in a while. I'm wrong. And uh, so 
so I wanted to talk, though, a little bit about our story, because Nicole and I were at a place when we started dating that was a place that we had both come out of relationships. And so I'll let her talk about hers, but, and because really I'd like you to share about where you were when you started, when we started dating, kind of what, what place you were at. And so anyway, I was at a place where I had had, I had grown up with a worldly mindset of dating. You know, all I understood about dating was the physical, you know, that, 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 and thank God that there, God invented attraction. You know, couples are attracted to each other. People are attracted to one another, and that's what draws them to each other. Thank God for that. But in the world, the emphasis is on that, is on the physical. You know, I heard one minister say, you know, if you like the way you look now, take pictures, you know, because later you get older. And so anyway, <laughs> things happen, you know, and uh, things shift. But anyway, and so... So anyway, so that was my, that was what I knew. And so the relationships that I was a part of were more physically based relationships. How many of you don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'm sure many of you can identify with this, that, you know, physical touch, you know, was a big deal. And it was, and it was all based on the physical. Well, what I discovered was that was not a firm foundation to build a relationship on. It's shifting sand. Right? And Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 7. He said, those who hear these things of mine and do them, it's like they're the ones that build their house on a rock, on a firm foundation. So when it came to relationships, I I wasn't building on a firm foundation. I was on shaky soil most of the time. And that's why I hadn't had a relationship that lasted longer than three months. That's long-lasting. I mean, wow. You know, now we were at the doctor's office the other day, and sometimes when Nicole goes with me, I was getting some tests done personally. I just kind of wanted to know where, where am I at on, you know, my, and my health and my blood and everything. And so anyway, so she was there with me at the doctor, and so I'm getting all these tests done. And Nicole likes to flirt with me in front of people. She thinks it's really fun. And I, I think it's cool, too. Maybe we should have more people around more often, you know, get more flirting going on. But anyway, it was, it was cool. And so the nurse, she finally said after Nicole's second or third remark, you know, and, and these two nurses were laughing at Nicole's remarks. And one of them finally said, how long have you two been married? And I knew, I, I think she was thinking, what, a couple years, you know. And, and, and Nicole said 28 years. And she goes, Wow. And, you know, when you've only been married 28 years and you're getting wows, then that means they're ha- yeah, they haven't experienced very long relationships in their life, you know. And so anyway, uh, I brought that up for a reason. But let me get back to my story. Um, so that was my concept. So when Nicole, before Nicole and I started dating, the last relationship that I had before that, I, I ended the relationship because I could tell for her, for the girl, her emphasis was on the physical. And I knew it wasn't going to go any deeper, so I broke up with her in that relationship. And I, well, I, I thought and, the details were you told God, no, I'm not going to break up. I'm going to stick this one out because no, that I was want another girl. Another oh, one. That was another girl. And so girl. God actually had her break up with him. No, that was, that was another girl. Oh, okay, another one. Okay. There were so many. 
So anyway, <laughs> I knew this was going to be fun this morning. Good times, good times. And so anyway, so I, I broke this relationship off, which was not the one that Nicole was referring to as another one altogether. We had, there were many bad relationships that we broke up with. But anyways, but, and so I finally, I broke up with her. And here, this is where I was at when Nicole and I started dating, was I had come to a place where I just said, God, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done doing things Phil's way. What I would like to know is how can I do things your way? Teach me, God. Show me how to live according to your way. Because God has a kingdom. It's a kingdom culture. It's a kingdom of God culture that is different from the world's culture. Where the world's culture is focused on the physical, God's culture is focused on Jesus first. And what I discovered was when I made Jesus my number one priority, then Matthew 6.33 kicked in. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things are added to you. That includes a relationship, a wonderful relationship with a, with a godly person, a relationship that has lasting power, you know? What that looks like when you're searching for the things before the, 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 the creator, before God, um, those same nurses that we were, that we were talking about earlier, I was, she was saying, well, you know, I'm, I, I think she just, no, she said, she goes, I've been engaged for three, three years, two or three years. And I said, now well, that's a problem. I said, well, what, what's, what's the holdup? Really? You know? And she said, well, um, she said, well, you know, we're just getting things in order and stuff. And then, uh, we started talking about children. I said, well, do you want to have a family? She goes, oh, well, yeah, we already have two. And she said, so we kind of got it mixed up. I said, well, see, God, God wants to put it all in the right order. You know, God wants to bless us with the things, but it has to be in his order yeah. to, for it to be fully blessed with, with no, no sorrow added with it when God does it. Yeah. But when we do it, we put the cart before the horse, and we try to figure things out, and then we end up with Ishmael's because we <laughs> offered something else in place of, but God wants to give us Isaac's. And it may take some more so time to wait and to seek first his kingdom, and then all the things follow. Don't seek the things and then go to the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And so Nicole lived in Phoenix, Arizona. I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had actually gone out four years prior uh, because she lived in Tulsa at the time. And I called her, I asked her out, cold turkey, come on guys, cold turkey. Didn't it it feel was to good? go to church on it's amazing. Wednesday night. Yeah, we went to church and then I took her out for dinner afterwards. And <clears throat> so, but we went out three times, but it was never anything more than friends. Well, then God had called their family to move to Phoenix, Arizona and start a church. So at the time I thought, well, goodbye. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not moving to Phoenix. And, and so I, I didn't think that I would meet her again. But here was the thing that stuck out to me about Nicole, is that we had gone out and we laughed and talked and laughed and talked and laughed and laughed and talked and talked. And I could tell that the beauty in her went way beyond the physical. Because come on, guys, I mean, how many of you have gone out, you'd seen a girl when you were single, you, you know, you saw a girl in a distance and then you got up close and you went, yeah, that looked better. We need back up. <laughs> you back, back up. You know, it wasn't what I thought. You know, 
because, but beauty is just skin deep. And I had gone out with other girls, even pastor's kids, uh, girls thinking, man, I'm sure they have got to be beautiful on the inside as well as the outside. And then we went out on a date and it was like, you're not at all what I thought you were going to be like on the inside. You know, I mean, the things shifted. So this is, again, goes back to the danger of building your house on the shifting sand of the physical. Because, again, it's not. So what you're saying is it doesn't matter what your background does. It doesn't matter if you're raised in a Christian home doesn't make you a Christian any more than being born in a garage makes you a car. It's a personal decision of the heart. Right. So just because they had, unfortunately, they, they didn't have that relationship. I mean, it was afforded to them, but they didn't, they didn't embrace it. They, did, they didn't make it their own. Right. And so you're, you're, you need to find somebody who, is, who, who God is <clears throat> their God. They're not serving your God. Well, I'm going to hold on to your coat, coattail in this relationship and you be the, you know, you, you have to be two whole individuals that God can bring together. He, he didn't complete me he complimented me. No, it didn't compliment me like, hey, baby, let me tell No, not, not, I'm not talking about that. That's nice, but that's not what we're talking about. I'm an it accessory. Should, it should compliment and not compete with us. Yeah. And so when God brings that person, whomever they are, she or he is, you should, they should be pursuing God, not pursuing you. And then God will bring you two together because spirit like spirit, you know, brings together. They attract. Yeah. They attract. So. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. No, so good. So good. So, so here we are four years later. Now, her sister had stayed in Tulsa and gone to Oral Roberts University. She's a senior now. And my friend, one of my good friends at the time was dating her. He had just started dating her. He said, you need to meet her. And I said, when I met her, I said, I know Cam. When I know that, that's Nicole's sister. And so I got Nicole's address. Now, this is 1991. Social media is the United States Postal Service in 1991, okay? There's no cell phones, you know, only you had to pay by the minute for cell phones, so there's not very many people had them, you know, and there was no, the World Wide Web wasn't even a dusty trail, you know. And long the distance highway costs a lot hadn't of even money. Broke the machetes out yet. So, yeah. so anyway, so there's none of that. And so I wrote her basically a howdy letter. And we began to write. And the communication was amazing because it was like, wow, you know, we're really, we really get along well through letters. Well, then I started to call and it was the same on the phone. So we got a little ways down the road, six months down the road or so, and realized, you know what, we need to, I need to make a trip out to Phoenix. Because even though this works in letters and on the phone, it may not work face to face. And how many of you know people change over time, you know? And so, and, and she also wouldn't give me a picture, which was another concern, you know? Because, you know, you want to make sure things haven't changed in four years. You know, things can change. No, but anyway, and so, but your sister finally gave me a... I'm big at digging a hole here. I need to pull myself out. But she uh, but finally got a, got a picture and realized, oh, good, yeah, she's beautiful. But anyway, so I flew into Phoenix... And back then, there, there was also no TSA, no Homeland Security, so they could meet you at the gate. So I walk off of the plane, and here's Nicole standing there. And I thought, wow, yeah, she hasn't changed. She's more beautiful now than she was. And what we found was that 
the relationship worked face-to-face as well as it did in letters and over the phone. But here was the thing, going back to the physical side. Because my history was more physically based and I'd made a decision, no, God, you're number one. I, I want you to help me transform my thinking into kingdom thinking and not make this a physical thing, but make it your thing. And so here I'm there. Before I went, a friend of mine said, Phil, I bet you can't wait to go. as a guy I worked with. I bet you can't wait to get out there. He said, and finally get to put your arm around her and, and hold her hand. And, he, and everything he talked about was physically based. And I just smiled, and, you know, because I knew he was just trying to be well-meaning and just a nice guy. And, but I thought to myself, you know what, God, here's, here's, here's how important you are to me in this relationship. I'm okay if we go out there and I spend the whole week with her and come back and we didn't even touch because this is not what this relationship is going to be based on because of my history, my past. You guys understand that? And so anyway, so we get out there and, and we get into the week. I'm there for a whole week. We get halfway through the week or so and we go on a picnic. I keep waiting for her to correct something, but I'm doing pretty good. And so we get, so we're at a park, we're having a picnic and she's going through my checkbook. She gets a hold of my checkbook. She's making sure that I know how to pay rent and that I pay tithes. And she's checking me out in my checkbook. She's, oh good, you tithe, you know. That's kind of a humbling experience, by the way. And, but then she kisses me out of the blue and it catches me totally off guard. And the only thing that I can compare it to that I've seen was the movie Back to the Future. You remember when Marty's mom kissed him? That was in the look of horror on his face. And he's just like, and that was me. And I didn't mean to be that way. I just caught me totally off guard. And I looked at you and I, and I just went, I said, I, I can do better. So, because so, we needed another try at this, you know, because... <laughs> Because you surprised me with the first one, but this one I know what's happening, you know. I can do better. And so we, you know, we kissed for the first time. But for me, it was so fulfilling because the number one thing that was important to me in this relationship, because I said, God, I want, I want to have a, a, a Jesus-centered relationship. I want to do things the right way. So number one was, does she love Jesus more than me? Does she love God? more than me. And I was so thankful to find out. Uh, in fact, on that trip, she was ordained. Now, how many of you have ever kissed an ordained minister? I mean, you know, and so here I'm thinking, wow, she's ordained and we kissed. I mean, this is big. This is a big deal. But then number two was this. Do we connect and can, could she be my best friend? Because I didn't know a lot and I don't claim to know everything either. We're just trying to give you some stuff that we think might help you. Uh, because we prayed and the Holy Spirit said to share this this morning. So I know it's for some, somebody in this room. But, but the second thing was to me, I, I, I wasn't super smart. But I did understand this, that I know that I can live the rest of my life with my best friend. But the Bible says that it's better to live on the corner of the roof of your house than to be inside the house with a woman of strife or a relationship that's strifeful. I don't want to live on the corner of the roof, especially on a day like today. I don't want to live on the corner of the roof. I don't want to think fondly of the corner of a roof as opposed. So I wanted to make sure that we were best friends. 
And so was there a connection? That was the second thing that I wanted to get answered. Once that was answered, which, which I was, you know, I, would, I mean, we laughed and talked and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I thought, man, is there anything we don't connect on? I mean, it's amazing. But then the third thing, way down here at the bottom, okay, that was way below Jesus. Do we connect do we be friend? Can we be friends? Do I love Jesus more than I love her? Does she love Jesus more than she loves me? And way, 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 way down here was, does she kiss good? I mean, physical, you know what I mean? And so anyway, so, so that was where I was when we first started dating was I was just at a place where I was done and I wanted to do things God's way. Now, my hope for you is that you would come to that realization quicker than I did, like at the beginning. Because if we do things God's way at the beginning and we find out what his word says, what scripture says, and we build our house on a firm foundation, then guess what? Man, it will be successful. It, it will be amazing. Phil, are you saying that there's no hope for people that are already in it? You're already maybe married to that person. Maybe you didn't get married the way that you wanted to. No. No, because here's what God is able to do. The Holy Spirit is able to jack the house up, lay a new, brand new firm foundation, and set the house right back on it. And keep building. Yeah. Man, that's the kind of God we serve. Well, so what about you? It sounds where, like, well, I mean, where I were you at? When, I could have jumped in many times, but I, I was just I listening. knew you could. But it sounds like, though, it, going into our relationship, <clears throat> you came to the place in your life where you knew how to set boundaries. And you said, God, I don't want to do it the way I've been doing it. Yeah. And so you knew what you weren't going to do. And so you allowed Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in there. So I think it's very important to have boundaries. I mean, we had boundaries in our relationship. Uh, we knew that even though we knew God was bringing us together, we knew it wasn't God's will for us to be alone in his apartment together before we were married. And we always made sure we were, we, we were with my family because that's the family that we were with people. It's very important to, to just set those, those known boundaries and not be thinking, well, you know, I'm a really strong spiritual person. I love God so much I could never fall. You think you There's are. your first fall right there. So yeah, right. set yourself boundaries. Talk about them. Yeah. And then when <clears throat> you're in a situation to be, to be pushed on those boundaries, you can be like, no, remember we talked about this. And who cares if he gets mad at you because God's crazy about you. So it doesn't matter at that, at that stage in your relationship, if, if he falls off, it's a deal breaker because, because you, you're standing for what you decided, you know, on your boundaries would be, and he's pushing you on them, it's not worth it. If, if you, if you, if you um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you cannot cave, if you give in, <clears throat> that's the wrong word. If you... Um, I almost had it. Compromise. If you compromise, thank you. If you compromise before marriage, you'll compromise after marriage. And you won't stand firm on your foundation. And, and another thing, too, rebellion before marriage looks like hands all over. You just can't, can't keep your hands off of each other. Rebellion, rebellion before marriage translates into rebellion after, after marriage, which means you don't want to even touch each other. The enemy can turn those things around like that. He can pervert those things. So that's why God says, seek first my kingdom. 
and I'll add all these things unto you. Sex is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Intimacy is a beautiful thing. But do it God's way so that when you're in, when you've got this ring on, it's acceptable. It's, it's blessed before God. And then you can look at your spouse and have no regret, no remorse, no of, oh, man, I wish we would have. Yeah. But we, you can stand at your honeymoon and say, we're here. We're, we did it. Yay, it's, it's, it's a milestone, especially in today's culture. See, we're not talking about canceling culture. We're talking about creating culture. Yes, yes. Moving forward, stop cursing the darkness and turn on the light. Yeah, yeah. And you can be that light in your culture. Now, as, as he was getting ready to come visit me for the first time, I was working seven days a week. I worked for the church, for a Christian school, and I also had a 30-hour-a-week job on top of all that. And that was at a jewelry store. And so everybody I worked with were really cool people, but they were not godly. And they all had boyfriends and girlfriends, and they, they, they slept with their boyfriends and girlfriends. So I had a friend. I didn't have a boyfriend. She wouldn't call me her boyfriend. Because that categorized, that term categorized him as, oh, you've, you've gone all the way with him. So they were, they were throwing some slurs my way. Oh, he's coming next week. Oh, I know what you're, blah, blah, blah. and I'm just, and I would just, I would just stop it right then and there. I'd just be like, uh, no, uh, he's my friend. We're, and they, they just kind of watched the, the, the relationship from the outside the whole time. They're like, wow. So then he came in January and then from January to March, cause he was planning on coming back out in March. Cause my sister, my sister's boyfriend was coming out on spring break, so he decided to come back, and that's when we got engaged. But from January to March, we st- our, our, our conversations turned from, oh, you're so, you know, all this stuff to what are we, what's this looking like? You know, what does our future look like? Where do you fit into my future? Um, I don't want to be a, 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 a background singer. You know, I want to be right with you kind of thing, you know? And so back then that was the Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant era, you know, where you had the, the main person and then you had the background singers. And so we talked about it all and, and we didn't have all the answers, but we had a green light. And, and, and my authority in my life knew everything about our relationship. I read every letter out loud in front because we just roared laughing because he would write little little cartoony characters and he kind of wrote our relationship in these little fictitious uh, Greta and what was his name Ralph. Ralph Ralph and Greta and we've got all the letters but and then and then my mom would hear me up on the phone at night and she would, she told me later she said he gave you your laughter back and I was like. So sweet, because I've always been a real bubbly person, but I was engaged for nine months before Phil, and I broke it off three months before the actual wedding took place. So it's never too late, but it just, it blindsided me, to, just to backtrack, it blindsided me because I never thought I would pick the wrong guy. I loved God so much, and I was in the ministry, and I was doing everything God put in front of me. And I picked the wrong guy. How did that happen? Well, obviously, he started off as a pretty good guy, or else I wouldn't have got into relationship with him. But thank God we had time. We didn't rush. Time was our friend. He didn't think so, but I was thanking, thankful. And, and, and 
and I was waiting for the scapegoat. You know, I was waiting for somebody to say, don't marry this man, you know, because at night I would pray, and I'm just giving you highlights, just not all the details, but I was praying, God, just fix him and fix my parents and fix this situation just so that everybody gets along and makes it happen because there was a lot of strife, and I would look at my ring, just fix him, you know, and, and Holy Spirit every night would just reply. He always spoke to me and said, no. That was it. No. I won't fix him? No, it was just, no. And I was like, oh. And so I'd go to sleep and feel better waking up, you know, and just kind of go through the whole thing again. But to make a long story short, um, so he was was out of my life. And so I went through a healing time and just refocusing. And I got to the same place where I said, Lord, I don't want to make anything happen. I was a very... Um, observant. I'm still a very observant person. I can be having a conversation over here and know what's going on over here. Yes, and it, I'm can. like, oh, it's kind of a curse because I want to focus, but I know this person's running out. And I want to go, hey, 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 you know. So I look like I'm being dis- disrespectful, but it's I'm not. I'm just like I'm just really focused on multiple things. <laughs> anyway, but I said, God, I just I just wanted. I'm I don't. I thought I knew what I wanted first go around. But God knew what I really needed. And, and then, so when that was taken care of and cleaned up and then I was healing and all that, that's when Phil wrote a letter and, and we started. So anyway, so he was coming out. So my, my coworkers were, um, were yeah, yeah, and stuff. So I was really careful with how I communicated my relationship to Phil all up until our wedding. And they they kept saying, what do you do at a wedding if you don't drink and dance? Now, remember, this was 29 years ago. We've married 28 years. So, Adam, 29 years ago. And so they were there. And and back then, a ceremony meant something. It was a little bit longer than eight and a half minutes. Our wedding ceremony was a good 20 minutes because of all the significance that happened in that ceremony and the people that, that connected with us and that stood with us and that, and that agreed with us. If you, if you attend a wedding, you're saying yes, and you're doing everything in your power to make sure that they stay together and they stay married and they stay happily married. So remember that, and especially if you're on the platform with the bride you will always do everything. You're committing before God to do everything in your power to always speak positive and helpful words into that bride. Not, well, I, I, saw, I saw that way back. All that's, if they said I do, all that's in the past. Yeah. So you do everything that you can to keep them together. Same thing with the guys. So I'm just up here. Where am I going with this? <laughs> You're doing um, good, honey. Just, just the You're way, just good. the way we communicated to to the people that were on the on the outskirts of our of our lives, but very important to have um, that accountability. Yeah, we had accountability from day one in this. The first time I was engaged, I didn't have. I had accountability, but it wasn't. They weren't as verbal, and I've heard of some people too say, "Man, I should have said something." You know, I saw it, but I didn't say anything. Say something. See something, say something, right? Help a brother out. But, you know, but, but yeah. I, I, re- I learned through that, too, that people just love love. But after I broke my engagement off, the very same people that were all gooey-eyed for me were going, oh, girl, I saw that. I'm so glad you, you know, da, da. And I was like, what? 
why didn't you, you were going to make the dresses of my wedding. Why didn't you say so? You know, and so, but people just love love and yeah. they don't know what to do, but yeah. make sure that you have good accountability in your life because you're walking into something and it is fun. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. fun. It's exciting. It's new. Yeah. The love of, hey, you know? turn over, turn <laughs> get accountability in your life. Get accountability. So turn over real quick in closing to Genesis 24. I'm going to ask uh, Rebecca to come on up. Genesis 24. Now, yeah, thank you, honey. Give Nicole a hand. She did a great job. Spur of the moment. She's always good to spur of the moment. She can shoot from the hip real well and hit stuff. But um, Genesis 24, turn over there. I just want to close with this story. I was thinking about I was thinking about Abraham. Abraham in Genesis 24 is getting older in age. He's getting up there in years. And so he turns to his head servant and he says, Hey, I want you to go. I don't want you to pick, take a wife for my son from the Canaanite women. He said, I want you to go back to my home land. In fact, let's read it uh, in verse. I'm sorry. Did I say 24? Yeah. Genesis 24. Look at verse 1. It says, Now Abraham, Abraham was old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to his servant, Please swear by the Lord, the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. He said, But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac there. So why does he not want a wife taken from where he's at, the Canaanite women? Because they're not in covenant. The most important thing that happens at a wedding is a covenant. It's a covenant that happens between two people. But it's not just honored on earth, it's honored in heaven. This is the most important part because sometimes people break covenant and it hasn't been broken in heaven. What God puts together, let no man put asunder, separate, right? So anyway, so covenant is huge. We have a covenant with God. When you get born again, let me tell you, the rapture is not the great escape, okay? I've heard some people say, oh, I just can't wait till the rapture comes because I'm out of here. Wait a minute. No, the rapture is a wedding. It's a marriage. The bridegroom coming back for his bride. Now, we missed some things, and there's some escape in that, okay? But that's not the purpose of his second coming. He's coming back for a bride that's without spot, without wrinkle. Amen? And so Abraham said, listen. He said, I want you to go and get her a wife. And so his servant said, what if I go to get her and she won't come back with me? And he says, hey, don't. Listen, if that happens, you're released from your commitment. If she won't come back, you're released from your commitment. He said, well, do you want me to take Isaac there if she won't come back? And he said, absolutely not. Don't take my son away from this place. Why? Because this is where the blessing is. This is where his inheritance is. God said that he would give us this land that we're on. That's why he took me from my family. And that's where the blessing is. So he sends them back. And look at what happens. In verse 10 of chapter 24, it says, Then the servant took his camel, ten camels, and they departed, and they went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down next outside the city wall, next to the well at evening time, because the women, this is where they come out to draw water. Notice, you know, the, 
My Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Men, you've got to be looking. He who finds a wife. That means there's search involved, you know, in the, in the right place. And notice he goes to the well. Well, let me tell you, church is a well. Man, this is where the washing of the water of the word flows from. This is a good place. I saw, I saw somebody posted. They said, if you want to find a girlfriend, go to Target. This one guy said, he said, he said, the women outnumber the men 10 to 1, and they're already looking for stuff they don't need. <laughs> I said, oh, dear God. That's actually pretty smart. But let me tell you a better place, the well. Man, the well is a good place to come to. And so, so the women come out and they draw the water. Verse 12 says, And then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success today and show kindness to, the, to your master Abraham. Behold, here I stand at the well of the water, and the daughters of the men are going to come out from the city and draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please uh, let down your pitcher that I may have a drink. And she says to me, Drink, and I will also water your camels as well. Let her be the one that you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to your master. Now notice Rebecca comes out. Rebecca is one of the daughters that comes. And the Bible says that she was beautiful. It goes on to say she was beautiful to look at. And so she comes out. And so he goes over to her and he says, could I have a drink? From, your, from the well water. And she said, absolutely. She let down the pitcher. She gives him a drink. And then she says, are these your camels? There are 10 camels. And she says, let me go and get water for your camels too. Now, this is no small task because the wells back then you walked down into. There were staircases and you walked down into the well. It was dug. It was a big well. And they would walk all the way down in it. And they would, she would pick it up and then she would climb all the way back up. And she has to dump this in the trough for 10 camels. How much do you suppose she can carry? Not enough to fill the whole trough. Got to go back. Uh, wait a minute. Got to go back. Get more. Dump it in. Oh, need some more. She keeps going back, coming back, going down, coming back. And he's standing there the whole time going, Lord, could it be? Could it be that this is the woman that you have? How many times does God answer your prayer and do you look at him and go, God, is this your answer? Because maybe it happened too quick. Thank God. Man, we, we've got to learn to have discernment. We've got to learn to hear that when we hear from the Holy Spirit and He answers a prayer, to accept the answer. So there was a couple of things in this story that were interesting to me because the well was one of them. Because when you come to the well, you have a better chance of finding somebody who's at a level that you both sharpen each other and you both encourage each other to grow. See, because to me, this is what a marriage should be. Jesus is here. This is her. This is me. And we grow toward him. The more we grow toward God, the closer we grow together. The Bible says the two become one flesh. This is why when you sleep around, it's not a good idea because you're becoming one with someone in an encounter. 
and you're making a marital, you're making a covenant before God with an individual. That's why it's important. It's not, it's not because I say so. It's not because any other person would say so. It's because, God, I love you more. I love you more. But if it's happened, if you've done it, let me tell you, it's not, it's not time to sit around and fill yourself with shame and kick yourself and, man, I wish I hadn't done that and I made a mistake. No, it's time to get back in alignment with God and let Him forgive you and let His forgiveness come and purge you and cleanse you from all sin and all unrighteousness so that you can be back in union with Him and then you can be in union with the one that God has called you to be with. Because let me tell you, I know there's not a perfect person in the world, but there is the right person. There's the right person for you out there. There is. You may be sitting next to him already, married, been, been with him for some time, been with her for some time. Cool. But there is the right person. For those of you that aren't married yet, those of you that, that had that in your mind and you're thinking, man, one of these days I'm going to get married. I want, I, gee, I hope I picked the right one. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Make Jesus put him in first place and I'm telling you when you come to the place like we did where you say I'm done I am done I'm not doing this anymore God I'm fully surrendering my life to you I need you and I don't care anymore I'm not going to worry about it I'm putting my full trust in you because God you can pick a better wife a better husband for me than anybody you can pick a better one than I can pick so I'm asking you, pick for me. Pick for me. You say, Phil, I wasn't expecting this this morning. It's okay. I wasn't either. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited about what God's going to do in every person's life here. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.